0: Well, it's... it's English lesson time. I build a chapel. I build a chapel. You
1: build a chapel.
0: You build a chapel. Oh, we build a chapel. We build a chapel.
1: He built a chapel. chapel. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Amen.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Podcast Goes To, podcast where we discuss Academy Award-nominated films. This week, we're talking about Lilies of the Field from 1963. I'm Bob, and here's Matt. What's up, Matt?
1: What's up, Bob? How are you today?
0: All I could do today, Matt, was go, Amen! <laughs>
1: amen i
0: was gonna i was gonna ask you to join in with me in the the second verse but that's okay you already Oh, okay i just jumped right (laughs) in
1: are are you feeling like extra religious this week i I, i'm feeling a little bit more a little more of a theist vibe coming out of me this week than usual i
0: mean i always just feel so religious matt if you know me well i know you you well (laughs) enough to know
1: so uh Big news, big news, I bought myself, a. I splurged and bought myself a very cheap camera lens for my Whoa. 7D.
0: 7D, what is that? I mean, that camera, the Canon 7D, when did that come out, like 2011, 2012?
1: Yeah, it was right around when I when I graduated, it was considered one of the better DSLR cameras out there. And now I think it's pretty close to being... I don't want to use the word obsolete, but they don't even have mirrors in cameras anymore. Well, it's not like true. The, 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 Canon, the Canon ones still
0: still have What is sh- it, the Sonys them.
1: that don't have mirrors?
0: Yeah, it's Sony's and Panasonics. Canon Canon still does their thing. They just would well, they come out with the 70 Mark II only like three years yeah. ago.
1: <laughs>
0: but so I
1: got myself a 24 millimeter.
0: A prime? Wow. You're going to do some artsy stuff, Matt. I'm excited.
1: Oh. I'm tr- I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try. It's just like I had a 50. 50- I mean, I don't really use it. I use it for photography mainly. I had a 50 millimeter, and it just was not cutting it for certain things. And I was going to get a 30, but the 30 was like hundreds more than the, the 24. It was like 500 or more. So I was like, yeah, for a hundred bucks, let me just grab this Best Buy lens. No, 24 is a good look for the 70, especially because
0: with the crop factor, it is like a 37. So. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact. It's a 1.6 repeating crop factor, if I remember correctly. But a workhorse, those those things are built to last. Like the, the Canon 70, you can throw it at someone and then pick it up and shoot it. It's like it. a
1: tank, and I think it's waterproof, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. As long as you put a like a a canon lens on it uh you should be weather sealed yeah pretty badass so
1: enough about me how was your week
0: so i oh and by the way bad news everyone it's just me and matt this week keith (laughs) is not here if you hadn't noticed already (laughs) so uh if you're just here for keith uh just go ahead and turn it off you don't need to listen to this but
1: (laughs) if you notice the conversation was duller than usual yes or i should say dull as usual keith is not here
0: yeah keith is our superstar (laughs) so i got i got a haircut today and i just looked in the mirror and she gave me like a square head (laughs) i just want to call myself like dumb bob Squarehead now
1: I didn't notice it was so square until now Now I'm looking at yeah, it. I see I see that's... it's a little thicker on the top. It's buzzed on the sides. And there does seem to be some sort of cliff face on your sides where someone might jump off the edge down your sideburns. It does seem to be a sharp drop. But it looks good.
0: <laughs> well, that was an interesting <laughs> description, Matt. You know what else was interesting, Matt? Lilies of the field. Actually, I... I didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> what were what were your thoughts on this movie?
1: Did I find it interesting? No. But was it somewhat enjoyable for me? Yes. And only because of the acting of Sidney Poitier, who I I can't I can't look at Denzel Washington the same now. I feel like Denzel Washington ripped his entire acting style off of this guy.
0: Well wasn't he like his mentor? I I, I think it was less of a rip and more of a you know, influence.
1: It still is really tough for me now to look at a Denzel Washington performance and not see this guy. Also, he's a very eccentric character. Just electric to watch on the screen. He emoted very well. He was using his body as a form of language, and he brought an energy to the movie that it otherwise lacked. And for that reason, I can say it was enjoyable, but for whether or not it was interesting, uh, we'll have to dive a little bit deeper. Where, did you find any enjoyment in the movie before we even discuss with our audience what this movie was about? No, <laughs> I, guess we maybe I was
0: that. I was thoroughly I was thoroughly bored and uninterested this entire process. Just okay. real lame movie.
1: <laughs> hey, this is great. I I, I think we, I think we disagree with each other a little bit.
0: Well, hot diggity dog. Let's dive in. So, this is where
1: the, I think this is where the theme song would play if, if superfan Chloe ever created a theme song for us.
0: Yeah. Chloe, get off your behind and make us a damn theme song already.
1: <laughs> so that reminds me, Chloe did send me something to play for us at, during our first break. Ooh. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I so, keep
0: I keep forgetting I shouldn't insult her. She's like our grand sponsor, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, she has like she has five weeks worth of of ad space that she needs to cash if, in on. If I
0: if we were if our podcast was the Republican Party, she'd
1: be like the NRA, right? <laughs> Does that make Superfan Nate the the the, the Black Lives Matter movement? <laughs> I. I don't
0: necessarily know how that works, but all you had to do was laugh at my analogy joke and move on. <laughs> you are starting to think about it too much. You analytical guy, you, you <laughs> analyze these movies and you analyze what I say.
1: Let's let's analyze this. Sydney Poitier? Poitier? Sidney Poitier? Poit- Sydney Poitier?
0: <laughs> it was the second one you said. Portier. Yes.
1: <laughs> so he plays Homer Smith in Lilies of the Field, a down-on-his-luck man who is driving through the desert and stumbles upon a nunnery? Is that a place where nuns live? I
0: guess. He just finds a bunch of German nuns in the middle of, like, America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's driving through, he he ran his his engine gets dehydrated, needs more water for his engine, so he pulls into this place. Turns out there's a bunch of German nuns living there, and they basically hold him hostage and force him to do manual labor for them. They manipulate him into staying to help on the farm, fixing the roof and eating like really bad dinners. And then eventually they manipulate him into building a chapel for them. This is, the, this is where I was a little bit confused. So he, he initially stays on because he needs the money, right? He, he sort of looks at his wallet, and he only has $3 to his name. Yeah, I love this that is.
0: moment. He like They're like, we need you to fix this roof. And he's like, I'd do it for hire. Or no, no, before he says that, he, he's like, no, I'm good. I'm just passing through. I just need the water. Thanks for the water drives away and then he opens his wallet as if he doesn't know how much money he has and he sees three like three dollars in there and he's like ah i need this work <laughs> and he's like i'll do it for hire and then he never negotiates a rate the nun never says yes we'll pay you to do this and he just assumes
1: yeah and then he does the roofing job and he doesn't get paid now if this were you or if this were me, I should say, I think that I just cut my losses and probably just skate right out of there. And be like, screw you, none. But for some reason, he he thinks that if he stays and does more work, he's going to get paid?
0: Yeah. This he just is, keeps doing work? This just didn't make any sense to me. She was so mean to him. He had, like, no good incentive to do this. He figured out pretty early that she was never going to pay him, and he just stuck around. <laughs> i just don't get it i really don't get it
1: he continues to stick around continues to ask for payment never receives it then continues to threaten that he's going to leave but then never leaves
0: i was really hoping he'd just be like nope i'm leaving and then the movie's over and you all you hear is amen and as he's driving away
1: <laughs> you do eventually get that you get that payoff it just comes probably an hour after you wanted it
0: Exactly. And he he while he's staying there, he, he teaches all the, the German nuns English, which is also a job in itself. I guess he found enjoyment out of it, but I don't know.
1: He's at least getting fed, but then he's getting fed one egg <laughs> and eventually he grows even sick of that and decides to leave. But then I think he feels bad. I think there's a little bit of Christian guilt going on. And he, f- he feels bad for them. So he decides that he's going to take up a part-time job so that he can get paid, and then in his spare time build their chapel for them. But I wasn't ever really sure what about them made him want to help them. Because it wasn't because... like that head nun
0: woman was nice to him, and like he sympathized with her. I certainly didn't sympathize her. She was a bitch the whole movie.
1: Yeah, Mother Maria was not very nice. But I think what happens is he goes into the... He, he drives them to church one day and then he meets Juan, played by a guy named Stanley. So that should tell you something about the 1960s. And <laughs> Juan is like, yeah, they came over. They jumped the wall in Germany and fled here. And I think that there's this little bit of Sydney Poitier's character feels bad and wants to help them now because they went through something that's never really reflected in his interactions with them, but in his actions it was reflected. So I guess maybe there was something there. And then there was this weird Catholic guilt thing going on too, where she kept saying that it was God, God's will or something, and he got roped into it. I don't know. Yeah, she. But I think he also wanted to build something. Like he makes a comment that he all his life he wanted to build something. So maybe there was, that was partly it. But he's a really
0: good construction worker. According to the guy who hired him in that separate job, so clearly he's built things before.
1: Maybe it was his natural born skill. Maybe he's a um, what's it called? Like Ray in Star Wars. What do they call those characters? Bad writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do they what do they call the characters who are just naturally gifted with everything they need to be successful in the movie? Bob Klein, as a podcaster. <laughs> it is bob something i think <laughs> bobby joe is that what it is
0: bobby joe is my my former name back when my parents couldn't decide if i was bob or if i was joe that's not true my parents don't even call me bob matt
1: what do they call you
0: robbie oh no robbie Oh yeah and it sounds just like that and it's the worst
1: so a mary sue is the term for a seemingly perfect fictional character and the characters often recognized as a, oh, it's a, a Gary Sue would be a male. So in this case, <laughs> our friend Homer Smith is a Gary Sue and just someone who is just gifted with whatever they need to accomplish their tasks in the movie without any explanation or training. That's sort of what we're, we got here with Sydney is a Gary Sue, but
0: he carries tools around with him. So clearly he just drives around looking for construction work of some sort
1: yeah where was he headed exactly
0: so it seemed to me that he was just like kind of a broke guy and didn't have a lot of opportunity and he'd just drive around until he found someone that you know wanted to hire him to do some work he'd do some manual labor and then when the work ran out he'd go somewhere else that's what i kind of figured he was
1: yeah we never find out where he was going or where he's from he does imply that he lives in his car so clearly he's poor in that case, it makes sense that he would stay and try and help the nuns, but then it wouldn't make any sense why he would continue to stay after he found out he wasn't getting paid.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what really threw me off in this movie. Like, I guess he had nowhere to go anyway, so it was nice that he was around some people and they had food for him, but there, the head nun was also just really mean to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then why wouldn't you stay on with that sweet gig he got at the construction place? cuz it seemed like he was getting paid enough to bring home bags full of food for to feed all the nuns.
0: Yeah, he brought home a bunch of lollipops one day and they freaked out.
1: <laughs> and and Mother Maria was pissed. I hate that woman. Mother Maria was not nice. Yeah. <laughs> at one point she even gets called Hitler.
0: <laughs> yeah, he calls her Hitler right it. after she yells at him for bringing home the food.
1: <laughs> it's like she's not allowed to, he's not allowed to have nice things. What did you think about the the religious I shouldn't even say undertones. They are kind of overtones in this movie. What do you think the point they were trying to make was?
0: See, that's another thing. Is I, like, I can understand a movie where they're trying to make it like, oh, I guess God made this all happen, and there was a, like a point to it, and everyone learned their lesson. I just didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. I didn't get it at all. It didn't make any sense to me.
1: He never really changes throughout the course of the movie. You see that he has a soft side and is willing to help, but you don't ever see him convert or anything. And I guess the ending where he's, everyone's singing the amen song kind of implies that there was some sort of manifest destiny thing going on with the church being built. Like this was how it was always supposed to happen. Is, it, is that what I was supposed to get out of that?
0: I really, I really don't know. We should, we should have brought on like an expert of some sort. Uh <laughs> And like this was this was an adapted story, right? So this was mm-hmm. this was a book originally. So clearly people enjoyed this book enough where they thought it made sense to make this movie.
1: Yeah, so it was a 1962 novel by William Edmund Barrett and the movie came out in 1963. So it was a bang bang play here adapting the movie and the title of the movie Lilies of the Field comes from uh, Matthew six twenty seven thirty three, which is a portion of the Sermon on the Mount I guess it's a religious movie I and mean, I guess we're supposed to believe in God after it ends
0: I guess but as a as an atheist <laughs> I really didn't get it at all uh, I will say though uh, the Sermon on the Mount is one of the most beautiful pieces of writing in in all of human history um, do you
1: hear it a lot at Weddings? No, never. <laughs> okay, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never read. No, they that. usually go the with the uh,
0: the 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 one flesh thing. <laughs> they took a what's, rib. What's that all about? It's uh, when you become married, you uh, you're two people, one flesh. Is just how they say it, which just sounds really weird and disgusting. <laughs>
1: like a Siamese twin, or I don't
0: I don't think that's what they mean. I think when you're married, you're like one human being. Like a human centipede, I, I guess. Again, I religion doesn't make much sense to me, but they usually go no, with. It does. It with, doesn't yeah, make sense at all. They usually go with that or uh,
1: whatever you do. Don't
0: think about it too much. Or the what was it the uh, the first letter from St. Paul to the Corinthians, where it's like the uh, love is patient, love is kind thing. Oh, that's kind of sweet. So those are usually the go tos. But anyway.
1: <laughs> so there, yeah. So there's also one. Speaking of like religious undertones and one who works at the bar outside of where the nuns go to church, which is just a dirt parking lot. Um, so he helps, he ends up coming and helping to build the chapel with Homer. But his reason, because he's not religious at all, his reason is that just in case... Just in case he's wrong and there is a heaven, he wants to have an insurance policy. So he feels if he helps build the chapel, then he's insured. So if he's, if he's wrong and there is a heaven, he's good to go. He helped build the chapel.
0: Was it or was he just telling like a funny joke and he, he did it because he kind of felt bad for, for Homer, uh, Sidney Poitier's character?
1: Like, Oh, I, didn't th- I don't know. I didn't take it as a joke because then later the, the construction guy comes with all the bricks and then he's like, yeah, the construction guy is just cashing in on his insurance policy. He's just like, he's just putting in a little insurance of God right now, bringing the bricks. So that seemed like it was like his philosophy of like, that's, that's kind of how this thing, this whole thing works. Like, you don't have to believe in it, but just like do a little God stuff and you get to take out an insurance policy.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a funny line because he kind of admits it in the beginning that he doesn't really believe in much at all and then his i guess his reason for not attending the church parking lot service is the pastor drinks.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he's not religious. Homer's not religious. The the nuns are obviously very Oh no, I shouldn't say he's not religious. So Homer's a Baptist.
0: Yeah, so they're cat the nuns are Catholic and he's a Baptist, so he's like, "Hey, like I'll drive you to town so you can go to your service, but like I'm not attending your service. Like I'm not a Catholic, I'm a Baptist." Yeah. So he goes to get a good breakfast and he gets a good breakfast. He goes in oh there my God. and he orders like that dude in Phantom Thread. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You'd think that he had been starving. I mean, for he was there for two days and only ate one egg for breakfast every morning. But still, you'd think that he was going hungry for a long time Well, he's doing all that manual labor outside in like the midwest and like presumably the summer (laughs) that's true and you don't know where he came from before that too i guess technically he could have been hungry before that as well but he
0: wasn't getting paid and he didn't have the job by that point he didn't get the side job yet in that in the movie when that first happens and he only had three dollars in his pocket and i don't know what cost what back then but He ordered a lot of food and then filled up his gas tank.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he ordered a full tank of gas. I can tell you right now that the cost of gas in 1963 was 29 cents per gallon. So if he filled his whole car, he definitely spent at least a dollar of that. And a loaf of bread cost 22 cents. So I, I feel like he blew all his money.
0: Yeah, he got his fresh squeezed orange juice and he made a weird reaction when he got it. He's like, oh, he I, want, I want fresh squeeze. And he's like, I squeezed it this morning. And then he drinks it and he's like, delicious. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's one way of drinking orange juice, I guess.
1: Hey, he wanted it fresh and he got it fresh.
0: <laughs> I always want it fresh, Matt.
1: Speaking of fresh. Yeah? It's fresh, to, it's fresh for us to pick a fresh <laughs> decade. <laughs>
0: oh how how it's all changed where you used to be the guy with the killer segues and now you're just
1: you're bobbing yeah pulled a bob well next week the podcast goes to the 2000s hot diggity dog something somewhat recent something somewhat recent and our last 2000s movie was good night and good luck which has to be the worst best picture nominee of that decade right i mean it absolutely has to be crash (laughs) crash crash would like a word with you so we'll go ahead and take a quick break and come right back i guess i should like take a sip of my juice at the same time you take a sip of your beer while we're trying to do a podcast we're both alcoholics
0: deal with it (laughs)
1: Oh, man, I'm drinking watermelon cucumber cooler made with organic watermelon juice. So I don't know what you're but talking about. But what do you
0: put in it? No one drinks that. No one just drinks that. They buy it to mix it with something, Matt.
1: Oh, that's that's bad news. I have not mixed it. It's just pure cucumber watermelon water. You disgust me. <laughs> we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back.
0: Can I get me some breakfast in here? Name it. I mean a real breakfast. Whatever you say, son. Double OJ. And squeeze it. Fresh. So? A stack of wheat cakes with lots of melted butter, maple syrup, and fry me um, me three, four, five eggs with a mess of sausages and a mountain of white toast with strawberry marmalade and and keep the coffee coming. No beans? You got beans? The most, senor. Them two. You take milk? I said. Fresh. I squeezed it myself this morning. What do you want? Okay. Paradise. Paradise. Now, melt some cheese over those beans.
1: And we are back here on the podcast. Goes to talking about 1963's "Lilies of the Field." Hey, I'm Matt Trent, by my co Bob. Hey, amen. Hey, amen.
0: And then they <laughs> sing it soft.
1: Hey, amen. <laughs> and been stuck in my head for yeah. so long. Yeah, it's pretty catchy. I guess at one point they encourage Homer to sing and he sings, teaches him this Amen song, which we'll play for you guys. And it's, if I can find it on the interweb, pretty difficult to find anything about this movie. Kind of a strange little, maybe because it came out a month before JFK was assassinated, but it seems to have slipped through the cracks of history a little bit.
0: Or maybe it's because it's just a boring ass movie about nothing. That is
1: also a possibility. Are those
0: strong words.
1: <laughs> those were strong. They weren't about. They weren't necessarily about nothing. Not a lot happened, but it was definitely about something. You wouldn't hear strong about, words like that on CNN. Damn it! It's about like a down on his luck guy trying to accomplish something. A bunch of nuns trying to convert people and fulfilling God's will, and so there were some things going on. But were there? Were there really? Speaking of boring ass movies, Bob, what have you been watching?
0: So I finally got around to it, Matt. I just started watching solo. No, I have oh. no intention of seeing Sorry. solo at all. Ever okay, what did in my you life. get around to? <laughs> did you You see... saw Inception? No. No, I started I started okay. watching season two of Westworld. Oh. Have you started I watching?
1: I'm... I'm one episode in.
0: You you just recently watched season one before you started watching yes. season two. So I watched the first episode and I was like, all right, I'm really confused. I don't know what's going on. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and I I missed these characters for so long, but all right, I'll watch another episode, make sure like I, you know, see if I can kind of get a grip on what's going on. Nope, getting more confused here. And I'm sitting there, (laughs) I was like, am I supposed to be confused as a viewer or I've, have I just not seen this show in so long that I forgot what the hell was going on in it? So I took a few steps back and I I'm rewatching the last three episodes of season one <laughs> of Westworld <laughs> Cause I I, I just want to make sure that if I'm supposed to be confused. I know it that I'm supposed to be confused and it's not like I just forgot something.
1: That's the most disorienting thing when you're supposed to be confused, but on top of that you also feel like you're missing a key fact. Yeah. <laughs> like <clears throat> that's why I'm not a big fan of movies that are or TV shows that um begin in media res because you're purposefully thrown into a situation where you don't know all the facts to the point of like utter paranoia where you hit like a 30 or 40 minute mark and you go wait, did I miss something by now? Because I feel like by now I should know what's happening. I still don't. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, I fucked up.
0: Yeah, so I really enjoyed what I watched, but I was just like, I feel like I'm missing something here. So hopefully that'll help. I'm rewatching those episodes that are still fresh in your head, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, that should, that should help. I, I, I wasn't confused watching the first episode, so I think that you, yeah. you're you doing a good thing going back.
0: Yeah, I just, I like, I knew I should have done this going in, but I'm like, no, I just really
1: want to see what happens and catch up Uh, or you could just youtube i'm sure there's like 10 minute youtube videos where it's like everything you need to know of season about season one i guess i could do that but also like re-experience the show because i think too often you just blow through shows you can just re-experience it and and re-enjoy it again yeah so
0: i just finished like of season one episode like seven and eight or whatever. There are a lot of like little details that I totally forgot about, so I'm glad I'm glad I'm revisiting. <laughs>
1: yeah, they, they screw around a lot with time and, and identity, so through one watch you're not necessarily aware of all of the little nuances, but then upon a rewatch, you'll definitely pick up on more.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even that. It was stuff that now that I've seen it, I remember it from last time. I just. It's been so long and I've seen so many other things in between. Mm-hmm. I just like totally totally not in the right mindset to go in. So, I'm excited I got I got the season finale to watch of season 1 and then we're going to jump back in. So, Nice. It's going to be cool. exciting. Very exciting. Did you see nice. Solo by the way? Yes, I did. Oh, one of the one of the 10 people that saw it. I heard it
1: bombed. Oh, it absolutely. It absolutely bombed. They're they're blaming it on the marketing, which 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 can conf- Confuses me a little bit because it was, I think it was marketed the same as every other, but maybe not. Maybe I'm missing out on, like, merchandising, um, partnerships and whatnot. Oh,
0: you said the M word, Matt. Merchandising. Yeah. Where the real money of the movie, movie, uh, the real money of the movies made.
1: <laughs> oh no, he's malfunctioning. <laughs> uh, 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 the hosts are malfunctioning. I'm just like Dolores' dad. So I loved Solo A Star Wars Story. Really? Loved. And I'm going to say it, it is my favorite Disney-era Star Wars movie. What? Yes. Yes. So I will say this about Solo without spoilers. It is the first movie that felt like it wasn't trying to sell me something. Force Awakens and Last Jedi felt like they were trying to sell me Toys and t-shirts and lunchboxes and like all kinds of shit. Rogue One felt like it was trying to sell me a video game. And for the first time, I felt like I was watching a movie that just... It, yeah, dude, because Rogue One was basically Star Wars Battlefront with dialogue.
0: That's, that's fair. Is, that's fair.
1: This is the first movie to me, to me. I mean, personally, it's the first movie that felt like they were just trying to make a cool science fiction movie in the Star Wars universe. And it, it hit on a lot of different things for me that I felt like all the others didn't. And there is a super cool uh, cameo that I was not expecting whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I was impressed. Obviously, the, the guy who plays Solo is pretty terrible, but you have to look past that.
0: <laughs> well, Star Wars isn't known for having good main characters. so <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, like get, get over that. I mean, there are, though. I mean, that's the thing. That's the other thing. It's like these were interesting supporting characters woody harrelson's character is really good Amelia clark is is excellent. i wish you were still
0: a washing machine
1: (laughs) is that a brave little toaster no that was
0: uh woody harrelson in uh uh semi-pro will farrell says it to him Uh, (laughs) he trade he trades a washing machine for him (laughs) (laughs) and then he's running like this play (laughs) and they're all, like, really tired and sweaty, and Will Ferrell yells at him, I wish you were still a washing
1: machine! (laughs) (laughs) Semi-pro, is that the most underrated Will Ferrell movie? I'm going to say
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. Everyone wrote it off as, like, one of the worst Will Ferrell movies. I think it's one of the best. I love that movie. Baby, do you want to
1: love me sexy? Love me sexy? I wonder if, um, so... There's a there's a new movie out called Action Point, Point. and uh, it was it was filmed in South Africa, and my my boss worked on the movie in South Africa, and they hired a bear. There's a bear in it, and they hired a bear. And <laughs> so um, there's a bear out a Calif- there
0: that makes more money than me, son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> oh for sure.
1: And it was a it was a California bear, so they had to fly the bear to South Africa. And I just wonder if it's the same bear who was in Semi Pro. And fun fact about this bear—I'm I'm not sure this is confidential information—but the bear uh, was diabetic and needed to be fed Oreos. This <laughs> is a diabetic bear.
0: Oreos are the cure to diabetes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, yeah, is that—that's wait, that's the opposite, right? You shouldn't eat Oreos if you're diabetic.
0: I mean, there are different types of diabetes. <laughs>
1: Well, what kind is bear diabetes? Cuz that's what this bear. Has.
0: I don't know. I don't know anything about Oreo eating bear diabetes. Like what what do you <laughs> want from me, dude? I was like it's enough to ask me to watch these movies, Matt. I don't like I don't research random shit. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Okay. So, Randy Miller was the grizzly bear animal trainer. <laughs> oh, we're Senate still going. Pro. Okay. Yeah. So, let's just see if he made his way to now, oh, he did train a wild animal for Neon Demon. Didn't you tell me to watch that movie last week? I'm trying to think of what animals in that movie. This guy also trained animals for Jurassic World. Oh, Neon Demon,
0: there's like a cougar in the hotel room.
1: Oh, yep, yeah, he does do a lot of cougar training. He did cougar training on To Survive and Jaya, which is a short, oh, that's tiger training. He was a predator consultant on Jurassic World. It makes me think they actually did put effort into that movie, which is a surprise to hear.
0: <laughs> wow, you're just talking down on one of the greatest films of our, our generation.
1: It was, it was probably <laughs> the greatest film to come out the, that day. I'll say that. I think it came out on a Wednesday. I really wanted wanted a quick, snappy
0: response of, like, whatever movie came out that day. Like, nope, this one was better. But I don't have that information on hand, unfortunately.
1: Uh, I'll look that up as soon as I find (laughs) who who this bear. Usually they have, like, usually IMDB has, like, the bear as a credit or the dog as a credit.
0: Was it the same bear in The Revenant?
1: Uh, That's what I'm trying to find out.
0: (laughs) Wasn't that bear at the Oscars? (laughs) <laughs> there was at one point so. that, the Revenant year there was just a guy in a bear suit that like waved to the camera at some point and <laughs> they made all the bear jokes at the Oscars that year the film that won animated short film that year Bear Story Do you watch Bear Story?
1: yeah I thought it was not good
0: well that was the deciding factor in my office's Oscar pool my boss won the pool because he picked Bear Story and no one else did <laughs>
1: That is brutal. I think, I forget which one I picked, but there was like a cute Pixar one. And I was like, oh, this is definitely going to win. And that was Bear Story. So I
0: picked, uh, was it Sanjay's Super Team? You remember that one?
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't like that one.
0: I didn't see any of them that year. I just picked the one that the Vegas Odds picked.
1: Ah, because that was the Pixar one.
0: That makes sense. Well.
1: That one always wins. Well, Bob, I will tell you this. The movies that were released on June twelfth, two 2015, along with Jurassic World, were Vendetta, starring Paul White.
0: The fuck is that? Madame <laughs> Bovary. <laughs>
1: what? Madame Bovary, starring Paul Giamatti. I had not seen that one, but it was set in Normandy. And Ezra Miller is also in it. So that could, that could potentially be better. Also, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, that was for sure better.
0: That was a great movie.
1: Yeah, so ooh, wow! I cannot even honestly say that Jurassic World was the best movie released that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, me, me, just, Earl, and the Dying Girl is definitely, definitely better.
1: Yeah, so, so you're talking about bears at the Oscars. We're talking to Oscar bears here, folks, and we are here talking about an Oscar-nominated film, Lilies of the Field, 1963. At the 36th Annual Academy Awards, it was nominated for best. Actor, lead actor and Sidney Potier became the first black man to win the award. A monumental achievement. Uh, how did you feel about? About uh, about his performance. I
0: thought he was the only good thing in the movie. So I, 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 I liked his performance and I'm, ha- I'm, I'm totally happy with the win. This was a huge moment, by the way, because I don't know if you... Did you watch the clip of him winning? They went nuts at the Oscars. They went nuts when they announced his name as a nominee. And then when he won, they went crazy.
1: Well, not only that, but like he was... I mean, people have probably never seen a Sidney Portier movie, but he was the leading man of the sixties. I think in 1967, he was easily the top grossing actor of that year. As far as box office results, he was probably like that, that decades, Leonardo DiCaprio or something like he was huge. Yeah. And for
0: good reason, he's, he just, like you said in the beginning, he's, you know, he just lights up a screen. Like he really does. He, he just, he's just so captivating. So, so interesting to watch. He was also the first African-American male to be nominated in 1958 for Defiant Ones. Um, but yeah, he was the first one to take it home. It just, to me, we always talk about this. And I remember in 2002, he got like the honorary award at the Oscars. And I remember like that was the first time I kind of heard of him. You know, I was young back then. I was like, wow, the, you know, so long ago, 1963, the first... The first black dude to win an uh, best best actor Oscar. How many years went by before someone else won? It's crazy. It, so almost forty years. It wasn't until 2001 that Denzel Washington won best
1: actor in a leading role in Training Day, I, which is the same year that they honored Sidney for at the Oscars. Yeah, and also the same year that Halle Berry. Became the first female African American to win a best act, uh, best actress.
0: Yeah, and she was the only one that's ever won, actress in a lead role. There have been many supporting.
1: That's crazy. It's just it,
0: it it's like they're honoring, you know, Sydney Poitier in two thousand two for, you know, opening up the door. But it's just it took so long. I mean, there there were, there are some people nominated in between, and in nineteen eighty two. Louis Gossett Jr. won best supporting actor. But that's still even even from 1963 to 1982. That's that's a lot of time.
1: Yeah. The only person who had won the only person of color who had won any of the acting categories before that was Hattie McDaniel for Gone with the Wind in 1939 and she was a supporting she was a supporting role. She was also the first African American to be nominated which is which is a pretty big milestone but yeah like and why do you think that is does it does it stem from the roles not being there or does it or is it even more systemic than that where it's it's just a, a panel of white people casting votes for nominees
0: i think it's a combination but the the really the driving force i feel like is there's just there's just not as much opportunity in the industry and we're still we're still dealing with that today, and that's been a big debate. What was it three years ago at the Oscars when there were some questionable nominations that didn't come through?
1: I know, in, I, I know. Um, so there hasn't been a uh, leading actress nominee since 2016. There have only been five in this century of African American women to be nominated. And as far as African-American men, there have only been nine, so less than less than one every two years. And only Forrest Whitaker, Jamie Foxx, and Denzel Washington have been the three who have, who have won. So it's kind of tough, because then you get into a scenario where you want, like, I, I want there to be diversity, but I also don't want... The, the pendulum to swing in another direction, like what we saw this year where people were just fanatics for female nominees when they weren't necessarily deserving of the nominee. It's, it's such a fine line between being diverse and honoring people who deserve it and and then, and then forcing people to, into the nomination just to please a you know um, a quota of some sort.
0: It's tough, and it's also I feel like you do need to swing a little more and to kind of overcompensate to move like the norm into the middle. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, it does, and, I, and that's and that's how progress happens. And, and I'm I'm conscious of that, and I know it's not a, it's not a utopian society where everyone's just gonna suddenly be perfect and fair, <laughs> but but it is just it is just frustrating that like our solution to a problem isn't necessarily to. Get to the root of it and 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 stop it from happening. Gets to like overcompensate with ridiculous Francis Mc, whatever her face speeches at the Oscars.
0: That speech was glorious. It scared the shit out of
1: I me. Was, <laughs> I was, I'm still frightened.
0: And some dude had the balls to steal her Oscar after that speech. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> oh my god. Do we know for sure it was a guy?
0: Yeah, it was a guy. <sighs>
1: He's dead now. He's not a guy
0: anymore. <laughs> no, he's alive. Um, <laughs> fun fact. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it was also at the Academy Awards. It was nominated for Best Picture, obviously. That's why we're talking about it today. But supporting
1: actress Lilia Scala. <laughs> so I don't know enough about Lilia Scala to say... But I'm guessing she didn't have a thick German accent.
0: No, she's Austrian. So,
1: so all right. So I guess she
0: she played the the head uh, nun woman that I called a bitch earlier. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess so this... I really
0: hated her, and that's what I was supposed to do. It was just a crappy character. <laughs> it was. I yeah
1: I, I, did, I, I don't I didn't hate her only because I didn't I didn't take her that seriously. She seemed more of like a caricature of uh, a nun a ma- mean nun. And I don't think that uh, Homer Smith even took her that seriously, so it was hard for me to take her seriously. I was just like, "Oh, that's the crabby nun over there yelling at him," and he just kind of like does whatever, and he gets bullied into building the chapel. But like, I don't know, her her role didn't really do it for me.
0: Yeah, I was I wasn't impressed. And then it also was nominated for uh, adapted screenplay and cinematography, black and white.
1: So interesting that we still have a black and white category. It's
0: crazy, though, because last week we talked about a film from the 1930s that was in color, and now we're in the 1960s, and we're watching a black-and-white film. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it, it seems to me that 1966 was the last year that they differentiated between the two, and it was Haskell Wexler who won the final cinematography award for Black and White. Do you know who Haskell Wexler is? He sounds awfully familiar, Matt. We just spoke of him several weeks ago. He was the cinematographer noted for working on Bound for Glory, 1976. Oh, he yes. He became the last cinematographer to win the Black and White Award. He also shot Days of Heaven, and many believe that he was screwed out of that Oscar. So... Just a little fun fact. Where are you there? Shooting Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, And uh, the award this year went to HUD for Black and White. This movie is shot by James Wong Howe, a Paul Newman feature. And the color went to Cleopatra, which was the 248-minute behemoth that we chose not to to watch, or the film gods chose us not to watch. I should say. Yeah,
0: I I'm gonna watch it on my own time, just because I have all this time, and I want to. You just... need
1: a lot of that. Might be a two parter, two part episode.
0: I'm just gonna quit, quit my one. job and <laughs> watch Cleopatra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to be like, do you remember a couple years ago they ran that contest to see who would get to sit at the MLB fan cave in New York City? for a full year and watch every single major league baseball game
0: (laughs) is that like a that's worse than prison honestly that's not like a that's not a contest win that's like a (laughs) it's like a lose you lose a bet and you get that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i know i would never want that how much would they have to pay you to say it was and i i walked by the, the fan cave it's like a it's like a glass a completely glass room you can look in and see the fan sitting there all these TVs up on the wall, one TV for every game. And you're just sitting like a beanbag chair and watch, watch the games every single day. 162 games per team, 30 teams. That's just pure torture.
0: Yeah. I, would you do it for like a hundred grand? No, I, I really wouldn't. I, I just...
1: You really wouldn't do it for a hundred grand.
0: How many days would I have to sit there and watch baseball Dude, baseball, well, baseball's, <laughs> baseball
1: starts in april and goes until november so from april to november you have to show up there every single day you get two days off during the all-star break show up there every single day to watch baseball that's in like brutal and you're being watched as you are watching baseball people are watching you, so you cannot like be on your laptop you cannot you can't be doing anything so how much how much did you have to get paid
0: yeah, I, I it's got to be trillions. <laughs> it's just like baseball is so hard to watch. I dislike baseball so much. And it's like I, I can't remember the last time I watched a full baseball game.
1: I can't remember. I think I maybe Game Seven Cubs Cubs Indians a couple of years like ago I, World Series. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've been to a few. I've been to a bunch of games like live. I don't know if I've watched the whole game. And it's a nice day out. You know, you just, you know, sit outside, you hang out, you eat ice cream in a hat. That's the only reason I really show up is to get my ice cream in a hat.
1: And then you get the free hat after.
0: Yeah. And then you're just stuck with a bunch of hats that have the Mets logo on them. Because, yes, I grew up a Mets fan. And uh, sad, sad childhood for me. (laughs) That's right. I grew up a Mets fan when everyone else was a Yankees fan. And the Yankees were really good when I grew up. It was just like a really shitty time to be alive. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> it was like yeah and i just like lost interest in baseball it was like once they got rid of the steroids it became way less interesting
1: yeah you gotta bring back steroids you gotta bring back
0: cheating it's not cheating though like it's you know everyone's gonna do well technically it is
1: they need to make it not cheating is what they need yeah, to do. yeah like it's it's whatever
0: if everyone do, does it then it's even playing field who cares it's the same thing like you're just you know putting things in your body to make yourself you know better as an athlete it's the same thing as you know eating protein and whatnot you know you're just you're trying to do as much as you can to make yourself good it's,
1: yeah it's like me drinking this watermelon cucumber cooler while I'm, while I'm doing the podcast with you to give myself to make myself better
0: nothing about you drinking that watermelon thing is doing anything for anyone matt
1: I'll <laughs> no, speak for yourself i feel great
0: well I would say you felt grape, but it was a watermelon drink, not a grape drink.
1: So, how feeling watermelon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Matt, there's only one thing left to do besides drink your watermelon is narrow
1: down which year in the 2000s. Next week the podcast goes to 2006.
0: Oh, hot diggity dog. I'm pretty sure I graduated
1: middle school in 2006, Matt. Wow, I was in high school. I was a freshman and this this 2019 will be my 10 year high school reunion, Bob.
0: Well, if you have a plus one to that event, I'd love to go with you.
1: I'm already talking with my friends about renting a Ferrari and splurging on some nice outfits, make ourselves look successful. (laughs) There's
0: nothing you can do, Matt, to make yourself look successful. I'm sorry. <laughs> a Ferrari will help. You're this. already successful, Matt. You worked on the biggest movie of our decade. Rawr. That's a panther. <laughs> that was my panther.
1: <laughs> the Dark Tower?
0: <laughs> I loved The Dark Tower, by the way. Great movie. Ah, That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, I did a double feature that day. I saw Wonder Woman and Dark Tower and Dark Tower is by far the best movie I saw that day. So Are you kidding me? I hated Wonder Woman. <laughs> I thought it was Oh crap. my
1: god, Dark Tower is easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Easily well it's like it's, it's not all even func- your it's doesn't... all
0: your fault matt
1: <laughs> it doesn't even function as a movie like let alone being the poorest adaptation of a classic series well i don't right? i don't
0: have any familiarity with the the books at all i just i sat down and i was like this is a decent whatever movie like i didn't think it was great but i i enjoyed it
1: yeah like it was a decent whatever movie but like i thought i had some really cool also, shots about and effects
0: sucked. too like uh, with all the gun scenes with Idris Elba, who I love.
1: Yeah, I like him, and I like Matthew McConaughey, but, like, when he's, like, talking about fried chicken, I, it was, like, this is really menacing. Like, he's this, like, guy... He's, like, basically a godlike being who can, like, transcend space-time and, like, worlds, and, like, he's just, like... He's it, 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 just talking about fried chicken. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Everyone loves chicken, Matt. You know that. Well, we do have a... We do have a, um an advertisement from Chloe that I told you about earlier. I totally want to hear that. Because I'm just Marshall Mathers. I'm just a regular guy, don't know why all the fuss about me. Nobody ever gave a fuck before. All they did was doubt me. Looking at you, Bob. Now everybody wants to run their mouth and try to take shots at me, Bob. That was from superfan Chloe. I think that was meant for you.
0: Was that Marshall Mathers singing in a lovely woman's voice, telling me I'm nothing?
1: I just, not, I just think that the Chloe doesn't want you to forget what you did because you still haven't apologized. So. I sort of
0: almost apologized once, I think.
1: Yeah, and then you said that he was your fried chicken guy. Speaking of fried chicken,
0: <laughs> I had mine before the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's a relief. <laughs>
0: well you know what maybe i'll apologize maybe i won't i don't know but thank you for that wonderful message now we have more dollars to our name so we can do research and make sure we have the proper things we need for the show
1: this is true this is true I think we're up to, like, $10 in funds. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's great for you because you have all that money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're so needy.
0: I'm just broke, (laughs) all right? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, I work seven days a week all year, and then I'll take off work for, like, two weeks and make a movie and spend all my money on that movie, and then (laughs) it just... Work seven days a week, nonstop, until my next vacation is another film I make. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends, Matt.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. It sounds like your struggle is real, my friend.
0: If I had that $5, I'd be that much closer to making my next film,
1: Matt. All right, I'll send you the $5. I'll send you the $5. <laughs> Does that make you feel better? No. <laughs> sick of you. sick of you bullying me. <laughs> well,
0: get used to it. I'm here to stay, biatch.
1: That's right. I tried to fire Bob, but he would not go.
0: (laughs) That's why you don't sign contracts, Matt. (laughs) We signed a 555-episode contract, so sometime during my... We're guaranteed episodes weekly until we watch every Oscar movie and talk about them.
1: So sometime around my 25th high school reunion... I should be just about rid of you. <laughs> but then we'll just start Dangum.
0: doing Tom Sizemore podcasts.
1: Yeah, then there's another 200. He'll be dead by then. There'll be another 300 movies for us to talk about, though. Speaking of dead by then, on November 22nd of 1963, J.F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. That was the biggest event that occurred in 1963. And the biggest movie of 1963... Was the Birds,
0: as well as the Great
1: Escape, a couple of really popular movies. The popular TV programs were the Virginian and Lassie. Roof, roof.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I'm making sound effects for all these things.
1: <laughs> I Don't know. Don't know why either. <laughs> uh, but most interesting about this year. Um, this is the, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about um, Sidney Poitier and how popular he was, and yet here we are in the throes of the civil rights movement. Sorry, I got, I got completely distracted. Um, <laughs> uh, violent protests uh, occurring throughout the country as a result of the civil rights movement, uh, in addition to the Vietnam uh, conflict heating up. So... It's. I'm curious as to why you think that he was so popular in a time where there was such a uh civil unrest. It, yeah, it's
0: it's an interesting time period for that to take place, but I I don't know the answer. I wasn't around back then. I'm a youngin, Matt. <laughs> Great insight, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> I like I like to start. Halfway by like sounding sincere <laughs> and then I like to just be stupid the rest.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh, turns out it's just another joke.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: That's me. Well, I wonder I mean I would have to look at a census. Like I just wonder how what percentage of his audience were white and what percentage were African American.
0: Well, I mean he's he's the only black guy on screen in this movie. It's not like a you know, it's not like a Tyler Perry movie.
1: True, but like <laughs> Sydney Poitier in, Medea builds a chapel. <laughs>
0: I'd I'd go to see
1: that. You go see Medea builds a chapel? Amen. Tyler Perry has to be like the most racist person alive. For him to make these movies just exploiting black stereotypes. Oh, what a disgusting human being. I'm gonna
0: sit this one out, Matt. You just you just go ahead and say that.
1: That's right. I have absolutely nothing nice to say about you, Tyler Perry, TP. <laughs>
0: interesting thoughts on Tyler Perry. Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> yeah, happy to happy to be able to share. Any final thoughts on this film, Matt?
1: No, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about it not being a very interesting film. It definitely had an indie vibe to it. Um, it was, uh, minimalistic sets. There was nothing extravagant about the set design. Uh, it, it, it followed a very simple plot, but it did have some wonderful acting and I might not have agreed with whatever message it was trying to deliver, which we, we can't really determine what that message was, whether it was to be to trust in God or to work hard or what the deal was. But, um, I didn't necessarily mind it. I I, I kind
0: of liked it. I, I don't know, man. I was just bored and confused. Like, <laughs> what were you confused about? Just like his motives. Like why, like that woman was so mean to him and he just decided to work for free anyway. Then like all of these random Mexicans come out of nowhere and start helping him build the chapel mm. for who knows why. And then, and then, like, it's over. It's just like, okay, great. Yeah. There's a chapel now. It's this, like, tiny little chapel that seats, like, ten people. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't really accomplish anything. It's like, all, all that happened is these nuns got some free labor. <laughs> like, I just don't get it. I, I, I don't see what was, like, interesting about this movie. Or, like, what the purpose was. Like, I'm glad sydney portier got his oscar i think it's a huge moment in history and i really like him on screen and i think he was incredible in the heat of the night but i don't know it's just the movie as a whole Eh. yeah
1: yeah maybe maybe not maybe not exactly the best message that if you just bully people you'll get free shit out of it a lot of like hiding behind the name of god as an excuse to be an awful person with mother maria Yeah, and that weird
0: scene where they're cherry-picking the Bible verses for, like, he picks a verse, and he's reading in English, and she's reading in German, and he picks, like, the chapters and the verses. And he's like, see, it says men should get paid. And then she flips to another one where it's like, men work for free. And it's like, they're, like, trying to use the Bible against each other for, like, why he should get paid and why he shouldn't get paid. This is like, what is going
1: on right now?
0: (laughs) This is horrible. Yeah, kind of weird, and and
1: uh, don't get me started about cherry-picking the Bible, but that was the most on-the-nose um, moment as far as interpretations of religious text and how Mother Maria used them to manipulate people to gain what she wanted, and I was a little bit uncomfortable by that, but the religious subtext aside— uh, his performance was enough to keep me interested the, the whole time, up until about the last 20 minutes or so. And that when he was building the church, then I, I kind of lost interest. Yeah, so it's time to pick our movie for next week. And we do have a good crop to choose from this week. Our nominees for next week's show are The Queen, <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine, Ooh. Letters from Iwo Jima, oh. Babel,
0: Ugh.
1: and the winner that year the departed <laughs>
0: that's that's a good list except for Babel. that was a giant piece of shit next week the podcast goes to the departed that was a close one matt i thought <laughs> <Dodge that bullet. laughs> i thought we were gonna have to watch Babel. uh i never want to see that movie again i i <laughs> love really i love Inaratu, but that was his, by far his worst movie
1: no oh, man, never never seen that one So someday we'll have to watch it But that next week, it is The Departed A classic Darn
0: I'm a sailor And I lost my leg
1: <laughs> Right? Don't they play that song in there? <laughs> yeah, Dropkick Murphys, man Boston locals,
0: Boston natives um, So I probably should say this For next week, but I'm going to say it now I actually, by pure Dumb luck saw the Dropkick Murphys perform Shipping Up to Boston live. Okay. So (laughs) I was at the Jersey Shore Film Festival last Mm -hmm. summer, and my buddy came down from Rhode Island. He's never been to Asbury Park, where they had the festival, which is like a cool New Jersey Shore area. And I was like, oh, you know, we've seen enough movies. Let's just take a walk. Let me show you the boardwalk. The boardwalk's pretty cool. So we walk away from the festival and there's a concert going on. There's a bar that has concerts there uh, called the Stone Pony. And we walk by and we just hear a band playing and you can see them from the beach. I was like, oh, cool, a band's playing. And then they do shipping up to Boston. I was like, oh, they sound pretty good. And I was like, is that the Dropkick Murphy's? Nah, that's not the Dropkick Murphy's. And then we walk past the building and it says on the marquee <laughs> Dropkick, Dropkick Murphys. Murphy's. We're literally out there on the beach for five minutes just took a little tiny walk and we just happened to be there right as they sang that song and ended the concert (laughs) and then we walked away like it was oh that's awesome great
1: timing (laughs) that's awesome so funny that's like
0: so convenient
1: that's like this time i was uh walking through i think it was grant park uh i can't remember exactly and i was with someone at the time who i'm not currently with anymore thank the lord and i was pretty <laughs> sure that five for uh, five for fighting was performing and they have a pretty distinct voice they're the ones who sing a uh, hundred years oh i got a hundred years to live you know that song i like is super depressing and um i'm like oh i really like these guys like these guys are great and like She's like, no, that's not them. I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure it's them. She's like, it's just a cover band. Come on. i like, I, I want to go. Let's go. I'm like, ah, all right, maybe it's not them. And it was totally them. And I'm like, ah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch.
0: Oh, man. We should do an episode where we just talk about our past relationships, Matt. I want to hear, hear the stories. I want to hear the, the, the juicy bits.
1: Oh, uh, no. The, the, you don't want to hear about any of the bits. The juicy <laughs> bits, the dry bits, none of the bits.
0: <laughs> or the bitses. The, uh, no, I was, I was her in that story, though, with the Dropkick Murphys. My friend was like, that's our Dropkick Murphys, right? And I was like, there's no way. Like, this is a cover band.
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch.
0: Yeah, it was me. I'm your ex-girlfriend, Matt. It's <laughs> <laughs> a terrifying thought. <laughs> it was me the whole time.
1: <laughs> I wish.
0: No, you don't. I am terrible. I am a terrible boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever you want.
1: Whatever you want me to be. (laughs) All right, Bob. Well, maybe we'll dig deeper into that on another episode. But for now, we say good night and good luck. We'll see you next week for the dearly departed. I'm Matt. That's Bob. Good night and good luck. And we're departing. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. What the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) Good night. That was awful.